Hey everyone, this is Kyle Maddox, your host for the Life and Ministry Podcast, a podcast where we strive to give you the tools to help you become all that God has called you to be, and most of all, to help you balance life and ministry. We would love to hear from you if there's a subject that you would like us to cover or any questions pertaining to life or ministry. We would love for you to email them to us at lifeandministry777 at gmail.com or by sending us a direct message on our Life and Ministry Facebook page. We do pray that this podcast blesses you today and most of all sheds new light in what God has called you to do. What do you say? Let's dive into this podcast. We pray you all have a great day in Jesus. Welcome to Life and Ministry. I'm Kyle Maddox, your host, and we're so thankful to be joining you today. And today we are tremendously blessed with the ministry of Reverend Scott Graham, our General Secretary of the United Pentecostal Church International. And Brother Graham, it is a high honor that you would take time out of your busy schedule. I know you could have been doing a whole lot of other things, um, but we truly count it an honor that you would join us today. And we're going to be talking about such an important topic and Brother Graham's going to uh, speak about that, and we're going to just share some qu- dialogue with some questions, and we're just going to believe God to do some great things. We're going to be talking today about when God hands you a different tool belt. Brother Graham's going to be talking a little bit more about that, and I'm going to ask him just to greet the audience, share whatever he would like to do, say on what we're doing here at Life and Ministry, and to share a short synopsis of what we're going to be talking about today. Thank you, Brother Graham, for being here. Well, thank you. I'm honored to get to be a part, and uh, greetings to everyone. Thank you taking time to invest in yourself and in the work you're doing for God by joining this podcast. Um, I'm 57 years old. I've been engaged in ministry since, um, well, full-time ministry since leaving Bible school at age 21. So it's been as hard, hard as it seems to believe it's been 46 years now. And of course, in the outset, I remember going to the district board to get my license the first time and they asked me that question, oh, well, where, do you, where do you see ministry taking you? What do you see yourself doing down the road? And I had to be honest enough to say, I, I didn't have a clue. I thought there was possibility I would pastor at some point, but I really didn't know. I just knew I loved God. I knew I was called to preach. I didn't know what that would look like. So I look back now uh, over those 46 years, there have been so many occasions where yes. I'd serve in one capacity for a while, and then the Lord would order a change. Well, this is the next assignment. Trust those were because I could influence the kingdom in a positive way in that new assignment, but I also recognize that some of those were to build me. It was, to, it was to prepare me for something that was later on, and I needed that new role to gain a new skill set or develop new character traits or whatever. So I've watched in my life as ministry unfolded in seasons and moving from one role to a different role to a different role. Those are, um, those are important times that we navigate well, those transitions, when, when God, is, as we termed this, yes. hands you a different tool belt and sure. says, okay, You've been doing this a while. This is what you need to do now. There's some new tools in this belt. You've never used these before. You're going to have to learn. You won't be real good at it when you start. Sure. Uh, but those transition times, moving from one role to another one, handling that well uh, is really key to long-term success because there will be some listening to me who may go plant a church and you'll pastor that church until you're 80 years old and, <laughs> and, and either go to the grave or go to heaven from that one ministry assignment. That happens for you, thank God. But there will be others, and I think more normative sure. will be those who do this while, then God moves them here, then God moves them here, until finally reaching what is their destiny in ministry. All those steps along the way are important, and yes. those transitions are what we're going to talk about. Awesome. Brother Graham, thank you again for being here today. And I 
I, I so much appreciate one of the things that I admire uh, and appreciate so much about you. Obviously, you're preaching. You're a great preacher, preached a great message at our camp meeting last night. But one of the other things is that you you also have been have had transitions. I remember your Uncle Scotty days and you oh, yes, and, and the yes. youth division days. Now it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and and one but what, the thing that I admire so much is that you haven't changed. It's for you know you, you're you you're approachable. You you love ministers. You love the people of God. And sometimes when we transition and go into other areas, sometimes that can mess mess with that. Well. It can, it can if you're not God. Yeah, if you're if 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 what you pretended to be wasn't pretense, sure. then life circumstances are probably going to strip that pretense away. Yes, sir. If what you present is what you are in your core and your core values, then that should translate with you as as you move through those different seasons. Yes. Um, and and I, and I appreciate your your kind remarks. It, it's interesting your statement. Um, you haven't changed, and I, I appreciate that in all the positive ways. At the same time. I hope I have, you know, because <laughs> yes. I get what you're saying yes, and, and, and that's valuable. But at the same time, I hope through these transitions, we better be improving, yes. changing, you know, in, in all the ways we need to. Most definitely. Yeah. So very good. And that, and that's that's the use that you said it. You know, any, we shouldn't just get content. We shouldn't just, you know, be happy with where we are, but change with, with the transitions that God gives us. So very good. So, Brother Graham, first question that we have for you today is how do you let go of the role that you previously filled and accept the changes that the new leader of that ministry might implement. That can be a challenge. How do we handle that? Well, I don't know if I've got a perfect answer to that, except to say we use a phrase frequently, my ministry. Oh, my. My, you know, this is my church. This is my youth group. This is my ministry. And that possessive thing is a little dangerous. Yes, sir. I never hung on a cross to buy a church. Oh my! I don't have a church. I don't have a youth group. I don't. I, it's not my ministry. It is. I'm a steward, and that's yes, a much better word. I'm a steward of what God has entrusted me. If at some point God says, "Okay, as the master of the house, now I'm going to take. I'm going to give you stewardship over something else. I'm going to give someone else stewardship over what you did." It is vital that we recognize that. First of all, it wasn't mine in the first place. Sure. And secondly, everything I did probably wasn't right. <laughs> uh, you sure. know, hey, the Bible, the Bible tells us always man right in his own eyes. Yes, sir. Always man clean in his own eyes. I'm going to look at how I did things because I'm comfortable with that. Yes, sir. I'm going to say, well, that was great. It worked. And it may have. But what if there's a way to do that better? Wow. What if there's a new approach or a new plan? And sometimes, to be perfectly candid, it, it may not... I don't know if it's a better approach. It's just fresh. It's new. It creates energy and excitement for the people uh, in you know that, are, that that man is leading. And so, if he needs to make this change, or he feels led to make this change, I guess what I would offer is this: Sure. If I wanted people to trust me as the leader, yes, that I could hear from God and find direction, be willing to give that to the next guy to Most trust definitely. that God is now guiding him. If God wanted it still done the way I was doing it, He never would have moved me to the new assignment. Wow. When he moved me and put the new guy there, he already knew what he was going to lead that man to do. Yes. So who am I to resist that? It, it's not always easy because we get we get very vested yes. in what we do. Um, and and I, I know that people are going to call me sexist <laughs> for the statement, but guys particularly, sure, guys particularly are very connected to what we do. We we ask that question of God. So what do you do? Yep. Because our identity is tied so closely to what we do. So we've poured ourselves into something. And then we see that changing, and, and we it can almost become a personal affront. But what, again, I think we have to remind ourselves, it wasn't mine. 
things. And it was never about me or my name or really my legacy. About his name, kingdom being built. If the next guy can do that better in a different way, well, God knew that when he put him there. Oh, wow. That's good. You know, and another thing, something came to my mind when you were talking. Um, when I, I was you know, moved here in September from Flint, Michigan, mm. Bishop Robert Henson. Mm -hmm. And one thing he always taught us is when you take an assignment, start training your new, your replacement yeah, sure you know and so i and it, what you said was so good but i think it, we may not struggle maybe so much if we would you know which you don't know how long you'll serve in that assignment sure. but always keep an eye open because you never know what god has in store yeah absolutely you you, you and 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 here's this the, the key and yes the bishop is such a great man the key to his phrase is train the next leader it didn't say clone the no leader. Doesn't need to be another you, or God can just leave you there. That's good. So the next guy, your success is measured by whether or not he goes beyond where you were. If the next guy builds it bigger, better, further than you succeeded, because you hopefully planted some of those seeds in. That's so very good. Awesome. So how how do now how do you give yourself wholeheartedly to your new ministry assignment? Yeah, that's a, that's a great topic for discussion. I would say there's a couple things. If you're in the will of God, sure, if, that's if important. God did this, if God has moved you, then I completely believe the Lord is going to help you with that. Sure, It's not that you won't ever, that you just lose all your emotional connection to what you were doing before. There were people, you loved them, you had a relationship with them, yes, sir. got a lot vested there. But if indeed this was God's doing, and we're going to work through this entire discussion yes. under the presumption that God has orchestrated <laughs> yes, this and moved you there, with, with that being the case then, there's a natural... Um, release and there's a natural investment wow. and buy-in to the new you know we use a we use a verse of scripture i'm afraid really out of context sometimes we talk about delight the self of the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart sure and we we almost make that like the psalmist is saying um he will just you just fill out your laundry list of what you uh -huh. want and god will give that to you it's right. just whatever your whatever your heart desires god will give that to you when in reality what it very well might be saying is he will give you the desires you are. He will put wow. the right kind of desires in your heart. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you, he will put the right desires into your heart. So if I'm delighted in the Lord and I'm just delighted to be serving him and I'm not angry about this new assignment, I'm not bitter because he took me away from where I was or whatever. Uh, if I can delight myself in the Lord, then I really do believe in this new thing. God will put the right kind of desires in my heart. Yes, sir. I, one of the things I think everybody ought to pray in a new ministry assignment is God baptize me with a love for these people. Mm. Baptize me with a love for this church. Baptize me with a love for this city. Baptize me for a love for this for this this these duties. And I really do believe that if our delights in God, if, yes. we, if we approach this from the standpoint of I, I feel so blessed just to get to serve mm. you. And if I come with that perspective, then I do believe God will give us the desires. He'll put the right desires in our hearts. So I think one of the ways, well, there are some practical things. You sure. can't spend your time constantly looking backwards. You can't spend <laughs> no. your time constantly telling people how good it used to be and how much you loved where you were. I do think you start talking positive about this new assignment. You start speaking with excitement and just pour yourself into it. Pour yourself into it. Give yourself to it. Um, it would be unfair to say to God, well, you put me here, but it didn't work if I hadn't oh. given it. So I do think you have to be accountable to say, I'm going to give this everything I've got. I'm going to pour my energies, my time, my passion into this. If this doesn't work, it won't be because I didn't give it a chance. I'm going to pour myself into it. And, and as you do that, um, you know, the Bible talks about your heart and your treasure being in the same place. Mm -hmm. Well, I know we always talk about money. There's a treasure of your time, yes. the treasure of your emotions, the treasure of your passion. 
put your treasure there, your your heart, your heart's going to follow that. So very good, and you you said it. It's, it's, it you know, it starts with servant, it's mm-hmm. being a servant. If if, you, if we're not if we if, if it's not in our heart to serve, and we don't love the people that God's entrusted to us, it's going to make it a hard hard assignment. Absolutely, and and it, it, that aspect of servant it also yes. involves the fact there's a master. Oh my, and and if you're if you're of my age, you would remember. Uh, you know, we used to sing in church, Jesus, use me. Oh, Lord, don't refuse me. Surely mm-hmm. there's a work that I can do. It's old song. We'd sing that song about Jesus, use me. Yeah. Or we'd sing, to be used of God, to sing, to preach, to pray. Always use that phrase about being used uh-huh. by God. But have you ever heard somebody when they felt like in a, in a relationship, the other person's taking advantage of them, and they'd say, he just used me. <laughs> she just used me. Well, we have to recognize yeah. I told our church when I was pastoring, I've told our church many times, one of the great differences between God and us, yeah. God never thinks he's us. Mm, but we my. get this mistaken concept sometimes. My. You know, like we're God. He's God. He positions, places, uses us in the way that best serves his kingdom. Not the way the best way that serves me, and not the way that is just designed to make me happy. He does what best advances his kingdom. So if I approach it with that servanthood mindset, God put me here. I don't know if this is what I would have chosen if it had been up to me, but it's not up to me. No, it's not up to me. No, he's the master. This oh is his kingdom. And I serve as, as, as just a servant, wherever, however, and for how long ever yep. he needs me in that role. And I think as long as we approach it that way, it, it does give a certain peace to us, a certain uh, again, may not have been what I've chosen, sure, but it is what he chose, and that's all that really matters. Yes. That's all, and I, again, I do think that if we submit to that and then say, "Now, God, I'm going to delight myself in you," the the, the feeling will follow. Yes. The, the passion will follow. Yes. If we give ourselves to it, and and it goes it even goes back to scripture comes to mind. This you know, not my will, oh. but thine be done. So if we truly pray that, then you know, and we have that servant heart, <laughs> we should give it our all. If you pray that, you better mean it. <laughs> Because you might get the chance to prove it out. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. So very good. That's awesome. So we were just talking, Brother Graham, about how to give yourself wholeheartedly a, the assignment. Now, how do you do it when the new assignment might not have been what your first choice might have been? <laughs> yeah. When uh, when the Lord says, "Here, I want you to go do this," and you're like, "Yeah, that was really <laughs> what I had in mind when I said that." Jesus, you yeah. thing. Um. That's not easy. Let's no. not let's not candy coat it and mm-hmm. say, "Oh well, just, just just do it. Put a smile on your face." Uh, that sounds good, but it doesn't do much to make you hypocrite. Huh. Um, we're going to have to accept the fact that there will be windows of time in our life. Yes, that God gives us an assignment that either is somewhat unpleasant, it's challenging, can be painful. Sure. Um, here's here's what I would offer is that. Perhaps, I've heard numerous men say, God sent one man to this city to build a church, but he sent me to this city to build me. Mm. And and there are, I think maybe one of the approaches you have to take in those difficult seasons is say, God, I've submitted to you. Yes. I'll do what you said. But I want to learn the lesson you want me to learn. I want to wow. become the man you want me to become. Because here's the bottom line. For whatever your ultimate destiny is or whatever God is framing and shaping you to be and do down the road somewhere, in the meantime, he's going to get benefit from you. Yes, He's going to get value from you if you'll serve him well. But if he wants to teach you this particular lesson, 
And he's determined that you have to have that lesson learned before you can do this, friend. Then I'd rather learn it the first time. Mm, my God. Because if not, if I didn't learn it, God's going to say, well, we're going to have to take this test again. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. No. <laughs> so, so I think you approach these seasons, these windows. Yes. I'm in a ministry assignment that, that may not be, it's not enviable. You know, maybe some of your friends are saying, man, you ought to get out of there and I'm evangelized. I'm traveling doing this. Of course, then you've got the evangelists saying, they're saying evangelists, well, you ought to quit that come over here. Uh, and maybe that's something to consider too. Quite often, the only reason somebody else's ministry assignment looks so much better than mm. what you're doing is because you're not in it. Uh, they have their own set of challenges and their own set of pressures and their own set of difficulties. You have your set, maybe different than theirs. But I would caution you against the danger of, of thinking that, you know, there's some Pollyanna, mystical, wonderful, no challenges. Well, you know, I, Wayne Huntley, pastor of that great church, mm. he didn't have any problems. Oh, come on. Uh. Everybody does. You don't see them because you're living with your own problems. Mm. But everybody has them. So rather than get discontent and get bitter, let's say, God, what do I need to learn in this? I'm going to serve you faithfully, serve you well. But what needs to be formed in me? What needs to be shaped in me? Let me just let me, let me do a little bit of Take your liberty, Brother Graham. In the book of Jeremiah, of course, God sends Jeremiah down to the potter's house, right? And he goes in there and he sees the potter making a vessel. And the Bible uses a very interesting phrase. Yes, it's fascinating to me. It says, the vessel was marred in the hand of the potter. Yes. Now, in that the potter, in this, in this word picture, in this illustrative uh, moment, the potter is representing God. Then... Then this idea of the vessel being marred while in his hand is strange to me. I can understand a vessel being marred when it's out of his hand. Sure. But how does a vessel get marred when the potter is working on it? Now, if I was working on it, it'd be marred. But he's a master. <laughs> yes, he he's is. He's perfect. Yes. And so, how, oh, so that was interesting. So one day, I was in a setting where there was actually a professional potter making vessels. Oh, wow. I walked up to him. I said, sir, can I ask you a question? He's busy. And he's certain. I said, there's a passage in the Bible. He said, you mean in Jeremiah? I said, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> I said, so I expressed that to him. How is the vessel marred in the hand of the potter? And he said, oh, he said, I can explain that. He said, quite often in that lump of clay when we began to work with it, he said, buried down deep inside it, yeah. there's a grain of sand, there's a little piece of bark, there's a little stone, there's a little hard place. He said, you can't see it. But he said, as we begin to press it, as oh. we begin to shape it, he said, that thing comes to the surface. Yes, sir. And he said, when it comes to the surface, as it's spinning and it catches my hand, that imperfection will sure. dig a, 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 a furrow around yeah. it. It will mar yes. the vessel. He said, all I can do is I have to stop, dig that hard place mm. out, and then I can break it down and I can shape it again. And he said, and that may happen over and over, but in the process, he said, when I get done, I have a vessel that's pure inside now. Wow. Wow. Because I've been in those mm. times where it's like God put me on this wheel and he began to press and and I was in a ministry place, an assignment that, that hurt. And I, you know, you, you, have, you have doubting you or, or criticizing you or not trusting you or whatever. We all sure. have it. Betrayed, being talked about. And it's almost like God says, yeah, but see, there's some things in you you don't even know are there. But if I press, if I squeeze, if I shape, some things are going to come to the surface. By letting them come to the surface, then you can repent of them. I can dig them out of you and break you back down and make you again. But by the time I get done, I have the vessel that's pure inside and out to use as I want. So when we find ourselves in these spots that weren't what we wanted, sure. it wasn't what we designed, it's like God assigned me. Mm -hmm. And let me pause on that a minute. The steps of a good man are ordered 
mm. of the Lord, not suggested. No. He orders. Here are your orders. Here's what you go do. Well, when that time comes and I find myself in a setting that might not have been what I would have chosen, it was up to me. I have to remember he gave me the orders. Yep. He did this. And he's squeezing me. And there may be some stuff surface in my life that I couldn't even see in my heart, but it's there. This is God's opportunity to get that out, make me again, get me ready. Because down the road, he's got a job. He's got something else. This is now, and it's valuable. It's not that you do nothing until you get there. Right. You add kingdom works now too, but my ultimate goal, my ultimate destiny may not look like this, but in the process, God's shaping this vessel to be ready for that. Moment. That's awesome. You know, and when you, when you were talking, I was thinking of a, uh, Pastor Douglas Wright in Holland, Michigan. Yeah. And when he first became a licensed minister, you know, he got his first time getting to the pulpit. He said, I have no desire to go anywhere. I have no desire to do anything but where God wants me to be. You know, so has he always been where he he's wanted to be? Maybe not. But at the same time, he's given it his all. He's done what God's called him to do. And now, I mean, he's just pastoring a great church, the Michigan District Men's Director, yeah. just doing a great job. Sure. You know, so when we make ourselves available, when we pray, God, not my will, but thine be done, we, like you said, we need to make sure we're ready for that. But there again, when we're in that, whether it's what we wanted or not wanted, it's, as long as we're in the perfect will of God, safest place, safest place to be, and it just open, and we don't know where God's going to take us from there. No, and it may be there. Yeah, that may be. Yep. You know, even in that in that uncomfortable moment or that uncomfortable season, sure. that uncomfortable assignment. What if God says you serve my kingdom best? Wow. If I leave you there till the day I come or the day my you my. Well, I have to be willing to say that God, it's not about me anyway. Right. So it's not about always looking for the next transition. It's just accepting the fact that in many of our lives, God will do that. There'll yes. be seasons and these moves. Be very sure about the will of God. Don't make it out of emotion or out of hurt, those transitions. But when God orders it, as again, I said, that's kind of the presupposition. Yes, sir. God ordered. Of course. Then, then there will come a point at some point where it's the last one mm. that you have, and you may do it for 30 years. Uh, and 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 then you'll look back and go, okay, that was preparing me for this, and that was preparing me for this, and I did that. Ah, uh, I bring that skill here. Sure. I pick up that ability that now serves me well in this. Yes. Ah, I couldn't see what you were doing then. Now I get it. So it's 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 hindsight. You, you see it better than you can when you're in the middle of it. But just, that's you know what? That's why the word trust is important. That's so. Can't see it right now, but that's why the word trust. Is One of my favorite scriptures to go. I, I live by it. Trust in the Lord with mm -hmm. all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. I don't know anything, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct our paths. Yeah, not suggest. No. Direct. <laughs> Absolutely. Direct so trust God. Trust his timing. Trust his will. Trust where you are. Trust your man of God. Absolutely. You have to have a man of God in your life, and we're so thankful. Brother Graham, thank you for joining us today. Oh, this is a treat. Thank I'm you. telling you, it's a high honor for the General Secretary of the United Pentecostal Church to be here with us. And uh, you could be doing a whole lot of other things. And we're just so thankful that you would take time and be with us today. And so we're so thankful that Brother Graham has joined us today. Uh, we're so thankful for what he's doing. He's making an impact in the United Pentecostal Church and in our movement. We're so appreciative of his preaching, his ministry. And we're looking forward to what God has for him. And you never, you never know what, what that might be. And so when, no matter where we're at, whenever God gives you that different tool belt, serve it with all you got. And trust God, and he will direct your paths, and he will help you through everything that you go through. So thank you for joining us today. We pray you all have a great day in Jesus' name.